Hi, and welcome to episode 71 of No Crying in Baseball, the Spring Has Sprung episode. Spring training, that is. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend, Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, I watched spring training yesterday, two games, and it was the best way to start the season. This is a harbinger of something good because I got to see the Red Sox win against the Yankees. And I got to see the Nats win with a walk-off. And my boyfriend, Juan Soto, first pitch, first at bat, first home run. Uh, and in other news, with the Orioles, who are just looking for some good news anywhere, my my boyfriend of the futures, my future boyfriend, maybe, Yusniel Could Diaz, who be. did well in the futures game last year, he got a home run. So I feel like spring training is off to a rock and start. Well, I had a very similar perfect moment yesterday. I, too, was watching the Nats game with a different friend. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Potty Mouth, but I do have a couple of other friends with whom I watch baseball. All good. We All were good. we were in a completely different man cave, watching on a big screen, not as big as your wall, but it was good. But it was perfect because I had a local craft beer in my hand, and my boyfriend forever, Anthony Rendon, hit a home run, and it was just we're back. Yeah, you know what? Actually, my, my most nostalgic moment yesterday wasn't necessarily seeing the home runs, wasn't necessarily seeing the Yankees, but when they cut to the to the fans going to the beer stand and it looked just <laughs> like our beer stand getting craft beer. And I was like, that was the moment where I thought, oh my God, I can't wait until it's actually opening day, not just spring training. It's so good. It's so good. We can watch real games. Well, sort of real games. I mean, we sort of run out of people whose names we recognize after the first two innings, but I'm willing to learn them. Yes, where I'm definitely willing to expand and to meet new people. And speaking of meeting new people, I'm hoping that there's some new friends from our social media pages who are joining us today and maybe the northern half of Belize or maybe the the coast or something like that. But welcome, everybody. We would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast. So right now, just go to your podcast feed, subscribe, rate and review if you would like. You know, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball, Twitter at NCIB Podcast. We love to hear from you and especially get those ratings. This week on the show, the hot stove is actually hot, although I don't know that we can call it hot stove anymore because now it's spring training, but things are happening and not just Manny Machado, but there's plenty of Manny to come. Don't you worry. We're going to tell you about our boyfriends from the Astros and from the Cubs. We're going to talk about the pitch clock. If you, too, watched some spring training games last night or the, or the past couple of days, you've seen the pitch clock in action. We're going to talk all about it. And then we're going to tell you about our, our boyfriend fantasy league coming up soon and hope you can play with us, too. But first, the hot stove. Harper, still on ice as we speak, although by the time the show drops, who knows? Anything could happen. But I have been watching notifications on my phone religiously, and they're never about Harper signing. They're about the latest rumors. But you know who did sign? Manny Machado with the Padres. What a long, painful, hot stove season to have to wait this out. I've, I, You know, I'm not too keen on Manny to begin with. And to just have this Manny watch for so long, it's been excruciating. Yeah, it's not just him, though. It's really everybody. Mm-hmm. It's everybody. And True. we still can't figure out who to pin it on. You know, it could be the players. It could be the agents. It could just be the teams. But Manny finally signed with the Padres for $300 million for 10 years. Record-breaking free agency contract. It's going to last until Harper signs somewhere because he'll probably sign for $300 million in one. To put things in perspective, 
Machado's contract, his, his free agency contract, is only the second this season after Patrick Corbin, who signed with the Nats, Yay. to sign for more than four years or more than $70 million Holy guaranteed. Holy shit. The That's second it. for more than four years? That I mean, is it. I've been thinking 10 years is ridiculous. I just think that's ridiculous for anybody anywhere. But there's there's some space between four and ten that I think is re- reasonable, and really many more of them are are two are two year contracts. It's, it's crazy. The, what the Padres are doing, they're actually modeling good behavior. They're following the grow what you can. They have a really good farm system, right? They are bringing guys up within their system, teaching them the way they want them to play baseball to be part of the Padres team, and then they're spending money to buy to acquire what they can't grow themselves. They're looking for where the where the holes are, where do they need the experience, where do they need specific skills, and then they can go shopping. But why aren't other teams doing that? I don't know. In Manny's press conference, you might appreciate this, you might not. He said that he was looking forward to mentoring your Padres boyfriend, Fernando Tatis Jr. Get the fuck away from my boyfriend, Manny. <laughs> Seriously, I've been really enjoying Tatis Jr. and watching his Instagram and his joy after the Dominican series. But, you know, I just don't want this bad influence with attitude. Yeah, you know, if he could just work with him on skills, I'd be fine with that because Manny Machado's got mad skills. But boy, let's you're right. Keep that attitude away. So... We talk about Trevor Bauer a lot, sometimes good, mostly not, but he did something this week that I truly appreciate. He sent a public thank you to Manny Machado for signing to a National League team because Trevor pitches (laughs) for Cleveland, the American League, and he couched it as his contribution to the Lower Bauer's ERA Foundation. So so thank you, Manny, for helping helping, um, Trevor Bauer's foundation. My other favorite signing this week is my former boyfriend, Mike Moustakas, who went back to the Brewers for a one-year, $10 million contract. And he says, I've got unfinished business. The Brewers came awfully close to winning it all last year and didn't do it. And Mike wants it bad. But the cool thing is the players want him back. The Brewers lobbied management ownership said, we want the Moose back because he's great. And Craig Council, the the manager, has always valued sort of this clubhouse culture over straight up numbers. He wants the guys that are going to be leaders in the clubhouse that are going to get that good community, that environment going, the winning environment where we're all responsible to each other going. So that plays into Moustakas. They actually might want him to play second base, which he hasn't done, but he'll do it. Wherever you need me, I am ready to be part of that. His leadership is really respected. His experience is respected. He loves those guys. They love him back. There's a rumor he turned down a multi-year contract somewhere else, but I couldn't substantiate that anywhere. But yay, Mike, that's a good deal. I wish it were for longer. I just wonder why they left him hanging for so long. That's the only thing that doesn't look really pretty with this. I mean, I love the Brewers. It's a great organization. Craig Council obviously did awesome things last year. But why wait until spring training is actually starting to offer him? Because everybody is waiting this year. Everybody is being made to wake. It's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who to pin that one on. Yeah, really. Speaking of people who have been forced to to wait, Marwin Gonzalez, who's just super skilled in so many ways, just went to the Twins for just two years for $21 million. Because that's what we do now. That two-year contracts. One-year contracts. 
He will be missed, I think, by the Astros, but going to a good place. And last year, I think I freaked out. I don't remember what month it was when the Red Sox let Hanley Ramirez go, but I pretty much had a cow because he was so much fun in the clubhouse. Of course, the Red Sox went on to be just fine without him, but I'm kind (laughs) of happy to see him actually maybe coming back. Your Cleveland team has him in the minor league. He's 35 years old, so we'll see if he does anything with it, but at least he has a chance. I like the guy. Let's talk some boyfriends. Astros, who you got? Well, we've got this boyfriend thing on this podcast for anybody who's new around where we go through the entire league and for every team, we pick the guy that we want to hang out and have a beer with. He's got to have the skills, but he's also got to have the personality and something extra to go with it. So for the Astros, Carlos Correa who is obviously an amazing pick, and he totally fills our fantasy baseball boyfriend stats. He's a shortstop. He was the first overall draft pick in 2012 and going right to Houston. And with that first place pick, he he was the highest selected player in history from a Puerto Rican high school to go right into MLB and the third Latino to be the first pick. Only third, which that's kind of shocking to me for the first round draft pick after our buddy A-Rod and and Gonzalez, the the Adrian Gonzalez from Red Sox Dodgers. So many Gonzalez's, but the Red Sox Dodgers Gonzalez, who's also a wonderful guy. In 2013, he was the first guy to be selected by popular vote for the futures and go to the world team because, you know, Puerto Rico goes to the world team. They don't play for the United States because why? We still can't figure that out. We need some consultation on this. This is it's it's bizarre. 2014, which should have been a breakout year, was a break in the wrong direction, break in fracturing a leg in June when he was actually still in the minors, but he missed the whole fucking season. He was promoted to the majors in June of 15. Notice the timing on that. Hmm. Uh, And his first game, his first hit was off of Chris Sale, who's pitching for the White Sox at that point. Not bad for a welcome to the majors. Hey, and he did great that year. In 2015, he was the youngest shortstop to get a home run in a playoff game. And he was the American League Rookie of the Year, just beating out your ex-boyfriend Lindor from the Cleveland team. In 2016, he was the youngest Astro ever to hit a home run on opening day. And then there's that 2017 year with the Astros in the World Series run. And and notably, that game two marathon game where that went into extra innings forever, the home runs in the extra innings were by Correa and both of our former boyfriends from last year, Springer and Altuve, who I kept really close to just keeping him. And everybody knows the story, I think, about how he proposed to his girlfriend on camera right after they won. I'll get back to her in just a minute. He was on the 2017 World Baseball Classic Los Rubios Puerto Rican team that all dyed their hair along with our buddies Lindor and your other ex-boyfriend, Baez. Is Los Rubios the blondes? Yep. Thank you. That's it. And he he played third base. He's a shortstop. But he had to give that up to um to. Lindor, Lindor, right? Probably, and Baez yeah, was on Baez second. second. Yep. Um, he's done a ton of charity work. And if you look anywhere, you're going to see him going back to Puerto Rico to do charity work centered around hurricane relief, both Hurricane Harvey in Houston and Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. But the connection there that I found really interesting is in, in 1998, Hurricane George's, there is an S on the end, 
hit Puerto Rico and damaged his humble home. And he, oh, his own house. He, his oh, wow. own okay. house. He grew up pretty poor. And at that point, his dad, who was working in construction, had to take on odd jobs to pay for repairs to their home. He was helping out by washing cars on the weekend. And, well, actually, his parents just kind of made him do that for the family cars, just to do your part around the house. But he helped his dad with his construction work. He had started being being into baseball when he was five years old, playing catch in the alley. And a neighbor actually noticed him and said to his dad, you got to start training him. And his dad, outside of the construction work and the odd jobs, started working with little Carlitos to train him in baseball. And by age 10, he was recruited for a championship team to go to Atlanta, which costs wow. money. So his mom, outside of her full-time job, started selling food. The local team that he had been play with, playing with did some fundraising games. They sent him to Atlanta. And knowing how much was behind him and how people invested in him, he ended up the MVP as a pitcher. So he was pitching then. He's not a pitcher now. Not at no. all. At age 11, he started playing in higher-level teams in Caguas, which I guess was the bigger city near him. But he also made honor roll and got a scholarship to go to a private school. He knew what he was doing. He said, I've got to play baseball because this is tough. The sun, working with concrete, washing cars, it sucked. He knew where he should be focusing his energy. So he got another scholarship to go to the Puerto Rican Baseball Academy and High School, which uh, I guess is some sort of exclusive high school baseball training place where he got a 4.0. Check me out with the brainy boyfriend this time. I like to see that. He was valedictorian, got 1500 on his SATs and could have gone to the University of Miami, but... You know, the economic thing, I can forgive him that much. He shows that he was a good student. He went to the Astros. He has two dogs. Their names are Groot and Rocket. And I know the rest of my family and you appreciate that way more than me. I love him. You have to check out, your daughter has to check out his, his Instagram. He is going to be getting married this winter to Daniela Rodriguez. I hope it's the same person he proposed to on camera. Same person. Thank God. Totally same person. That would and, have been awkward. You know, they met when she was throwing out a first pitch. She was Miss Texas. And she's also a very philanthropic person, as most people involved in these uh, Miss contests are. She worked with Best Buddies. She worked with St. Jude's. So they've got that thing going. She threw out the first pitch in August. August of 2016, and maybe it was love at first sight, but they really enjoy their dogs together. They're getting married in December, and it's going to be a bit of an Astros rip wedding. Although, so two of her bridesmaids are Kara McCullers, our friend Sparkles' wife, mm -hmm. and Noel Gonzalez, Marwin's wife, but now they're not going to be there. So, so they have the Minnesota commute, but you know what? I think they can probably afford the round trip on a plane, so I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I, I looked at him as well for my boyfriend, and I totally bonded over the whole Marvel Universe thing that we had, a, you know, a good, a good you know, bit of things in common with that. And then I saw his Twitter feed was a lot about Twitch, and I thought, okay, this makes me feel super, super old, and I don't look for that in a boyfriend. Well, just was it last week or the week before, I talked about how it actually came around for Aswaje, that mm -hmm. he had that thing going, and now it's working for him, so I, I can forgive the twitch. Well, that, and I had, didn't look, see, I made a snap judgment. I didn't look past that to see things like 
the 4.0 and the charity work and all of that. I made a snap decision saying, oh, I'll never be able to talk to this guy over a beer because I don't understand this whole video game thing you do. And I wrote him off, but you'll take good care of him. And you found another really cool guy. I did. I did. Now, I don't, am I cheating? I don't know that I'm cheating. I keep picking the guys that are new to the team and often guys who come from teams that I really like. So now I feel like I can pick them, even though I couldn't pick them where they were last year. Let's call it open-minded. I'm open-minded. I am welcoming former Cleveland player Michael Brantley Jr. to the Astros. He's a left fielder and he's 31. So grown up. I like the grown-ups. He just he signed a two-year, $32 million contract as a free agent with the Astros. One of the, the article that I read about Machado and the San Diego thing being a good model said that other teams were not following this. For instance, the Astros took a cheaper version of Harper, implying that Michael Brantley was a cheaper version of Bryce Harper. And I just don't see a lot of things they have in common. Um, Brantley's a lot older. He's a lot more mature. He's not the the, you know, hey, everybody look at me guy. His numbers aren't as good as Harper's. Some, you know, some, they were for a while, but they're not now. I just don't see a lot in common. It's apples and oranges, it's really. Apple. I don't think he's, he'd be filling the same spot, although he would be filling an outfield spot. And he's got a bat, for sure. But, yeah. but I like that he said he chose the Astros among the places that offered him contracts because he played against them so much as a member of the Cleveland team. And he got to know them really well and appreciated their work ethic. So they seem to be a lot of fun, but they are driven and they work super hard. And he wanted to try that, try it out and see how that worked out for him. AJ Hinch, their manager says that, that Brantley is a model of consistency, his personality and his approach and his motor and complimented him. He, he was looking for a clubhouse leader and having a left-handed bat is not going to go unnoticed there because they're really heavy on the right-handed super duper hitters and getting a lefty in there who can, with numbers. It's a good idea. So I said that he was Michael Brantley Jr. His dad, Mickey, who would be the senior, played for the Mariners in the late 80s and also coached with the Blue Jays 2005 through 2007. And he was um, Michael's hitting coach since Michael was five. And he said that his dad helped build the swing that earned him the nickname Dr. Smooth. He should have like a late night radio show with that. Dr. Dr. Smooth, Smooth presents. Coming at you. Yeah. Coming at you in the midnight hour. So the man who built the swing is someone who talks to every single day. He followed his dad around at work in the major leagues and met players and watched what they did and learned from them and said, yeah, this is indeed, this is what I want to do. He was drafted by the Brewers in the seventh round in 2005. So it was right out of high school for him in Florida. In 2008, he went to Cleveland. He was the player to be named later in the trade that sent CeCe Sabathia from the Cleveland team to the Brewers. His breakout year didn't come until 2014. In the stat for everything category, he was the first player in the 114-year history of the franchise to, and, and the ninth player in all of Major League Baseball to have 200 hits and at least 45 doubles, 20 home runs, and 20 steals in the same season. Sounds good to me. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Also that year, he was an all-star. That, you know, his breakout, his, his breakout year, he was a silver slugger, and he won the Heart and Hustle Award. 
because that year he was so much better than the previous year, he doubled his number of home runs that year from the previous year. People were asking, where did your power come from? Because this is so, you know, the improvement is so great. He said, daddy strength. Because they had a new baby, baby Mariah, and he was carrying his baby around all the time. So the muscles that he he built up with the baby strength powered him through that 2014 season. Unfortunately, in 2016, he had two shoulder surgeries and only played 11 games. Same shoulder? Yep. Yep. For the same thing. He came back in 2017. In sp- and, you know, he was fantastic. He was an all-star. You know, the first half was amazing. Played the All-Star game, and then he injured his ankle and was out for most of the second half of the season. So between those two seasons, he only played about 100 games out of two seasons. And yet, in 2018, he hit 309. He was an All-Star again. It was the first full season he'd played for years and years and years. And because of that, his play, you know, his, his peer group, the players, voted him the American League Comeback Player of 2018. That's also another really good boyfriendy kind of award. Come back, you know, keep that effort up. You're not giving up. You're, mm-hmm. you're yep. Well, you know, what he says is, I just want to get it done for my teammates. He's not the me, me, me player. He's like, I'm here with a job to do. His other job is raising a whole bunch of kids. He, um, he and his wife, Melissa, have four kids. So Mariah was the daughter that started the daddy strength thing. And then along came Michael Charles Brantley III. And then two more kids since then. And that's in a pretty short period of time. So I don't know if he keeps thinking he needs to keep starting them you know, small so he can build up the muscles again. But I don't know that that's a tenable situation. Yeah, I'm thinking he needs to come up with a different workout routine than, than producing babies for weights. <laughs> Maybe his new teammates in, in Houston can help him with that. Let's go to the National League. We've got the Cubs this week, a fun team, and I'm going with Chris Bryant, the third baseman at 27 years old, and my sign that this is the guy that I had to take is that his father had played in the minors under the Red Sox franchise. Anything that's good for the Red Sox is usually good for me. (laughs) So true. He's, He's also, he's from Las Vegas, that place that we know Harper comes from, and they played Little League against each other back in the day. And now it seems like they're really good buddies. He's also good buddies with my ex-Cubs boyfriend, the guy I picked last year, Rizzo, who was a groomsman at Bryant's wedding in 2017 when he got married to his high school sweetheart, Jessica Delp, who he had dated all through high school for years while he was earning straight A's. So check me out getting the high school scholars. You're going all smart all the time. All smart. I'm impressed. He was going to be his high school's salutarian, which Mm -hmm. is, I guess, the person who's chosen to make that speech at graduation. But he declined and gave it to an immigrant girl in his class who he said was more deserving and I guess came in second in the votes. It's a bit of a popularity contest from what I understand. So that's kind of a good gesture on his his part. A very definitely a good ge- gesture. He was going to go to the University of San Diego, I believe, and be a dentist. That was his backup plan. But luckily, this baseball thing has worked out. Yeah, so far. <laughs> my, my, my confirming uh, sign yesterday was that he homered in his first at-bat. So I have high hopes for him for this year. I- I'm enjoying that we can now we can now cite very recent statistics like yesterday as opposed to, well, last season, here's what they did. Baseball is so back happy. and we are watching and we are watching. 
Um, back in the yesterday discussion, though, when he be- came up in 2013, he was the first round draft pick. I've got another thing going here to the Cubs, but second overall. And he started in the 2014 Futures game, and we love those Futures. He was held back also at the start of 15 because of that time limit thing and and counting towards service time thank you thank Bane you you're, of my existence service time you're the one with the with the good labels like you've got the vocabulary uh he but despite coming in a little bit late in 2015 he made it to be an all-star both 15 and 16 and in 15 he was rookie of the year um with a franchise record of 25 home runs as a rookie and 99 runs batted in he was the 2016 MVP so that back to back rookie of the year MVP thing that's only happened four times he was number 4 a couple of the other guys are some familiar names at least to us Dustin Pedroia of my beloved Red Sox Cal Ripken just the legend himself from the Orioles and Phillies Ryan Howard he was in the home run derby with my ex-boyfriend Rizzo in 2015. And then, of course, we've got another World Series, close, recently successful World Series team this week, 2016. My least favorite World Series ever. That was a rough one, but also entertaining and good in the end. Good for, I think. No, that's I, when it I, wasn't good. The end right. was when, okay, never you're, mind. You're Cleveland I'm and the up. rest of baseball's got to say, you know, that drought was just way too long. That year of that World Series, he won the Hank Aaron Award, which is the top hitter of each league. So he got it for the National League. He also ended up with that We Love Boyfriend Heart and Hustle Award in 2017. He was the first Cub with over 25 home runs a year for his first three years playing. And then last year, he just really got a lot of flack because he was underperforming, apparently because he fucked up his shoulder in May and it just plagued him throughout the season. He had to change his batting grip, but it looks better for this year. And if we can judge by what happened yesterday, I will say yay. So he got, as you said, a lot of crap from fans Mm -hmm. about this, but he has responded and said, bring it, bring it. Because when you say these things to me, it motivates me. So he's like feeding off of that, saying, no, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm back. I can do this. And I'm going to make you proud of me. Yeah, that's actually the headline of an article I saw today that we can put the link in. I'm not sure if it's in my notes now, but it will be because, yeah, that's that's it. He's he's a great guy. And actually, that reminds me of this Red Bull ad, which I will also post because it shows his sense of humor. He dressed up as this pizza delivery guy and he showed up at all these like bros hanging out doing their fantasy baseball picks to see where they were picking him on it. Anyway, you got to see it. I will definitely link that. Uh, another former boyfriend connection. I loved my boyfriend from the cards last year, Yadier Molina, except for this one little blip. Turns out that um, there was a little kerfuffle between Bryant Molina, Molina. And when I looked at it from the Molina perspective last year, I don't think I gave Bryant enough cred. When he said his first objectionable statement, it was on a comedy show with Ryan Dempster. And I don't know why Ryan Dempster has a comedy show. But apparently he does. And Nelly was on it also, who's a musician person, rapper that I also don't know much about. And he's a Cardinals fan. You're adorable. 
So I'm <laughs> old, like me. I'm reaching here. I'm reaching. <laughs> they were on this show together for some unknown reason and just shooting the shit. And so he's just like ribbing the cards fan. Like I would to in any Yankees fan or were sitting next to me, even though, of course, it's out of love, right? And so he said, but who would want to play in St. Louis? It's so boring, so boring. I always get asked, like, where do you like to play? Where do you not like to play? And St. Louis is on the places I don't like to play. Well, Yadier took that really hard and notched it up a level and said, only stupid players and losers make comments like the ones made by Bryant and Dempster. And I think, you know, as much as I am liberal with my language, the uses of stupid and loser, I don't use those words. You don't normally make things personal, and that made it very personal very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So so Bryant, giving him a little bit of credit now, and especially because he's my boyfriend now and Melina isn't, he said, <laughs> he's, he's like, look at me oh, go. My head's on a swivel. That went so fast. <laughs> Drop him like a hot potato. That's my motto. <laughs> Bryant's willing to clear the air if Melina's willing to. So Bryant said, I'm not admitting to do anything wrong. You got to look at it in context, but yeah. I'll sit down with the guy. Yeah. Yeah, they're all wrong. They're all wrong, but you're very funny, and I'm going to keep you. All right. I'm totally going to keep you. Cheers to that, that. right? Okay, so when I started looking at the Cubs, it was a while before I could get to the actual players because there's such a hot mess, a public relations hot mess swirling around the Cubs right now. So Addison Russell we've talked about for a long time, and that was kind of sinking into the background a little bit. There was the whole Joe Madden, we're just going to, you know, we're going to keep our eye on him. We're going to monitor things. We're going to see what happens. But it wasn't like the top what, – what the Cubs want people to pay attention to right now. And then Addison Russell gives his first press conference at spring training. And he doesn't really impress anyone because he's repeating um, publicist kinds of language. How the fuck can he impress anybody at this point? Right. He, well, he, yeah, I, that's it. I mean, I think, so, oh, if you come, if you take responsibility for things and you show remorse and all of this, you'll start winning back the love of the people. Well, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So now there's, you know, all of this all over again, back up to the surface. I like that no one's letting it go, but it was, I don't think it was a good move putting him out there from the Cubs point of view. Right. And so Joe Ricketts is the father of the kids who the, the kids, his children, own the Cubs. Right? He doesn't have any management responsibility. He was just busted for all of these racist emails and forwarding all these things and being on all of these like terrible, like super right wing, you know, white supremacy, pro Trump kinds of websites. And and there's records of his kids saying, "You got to stop this. This isn't true." And and they, and they can't rein him in. So it, there's a little bit of separation between that, but still, it's like Ricketts is is a Cubs name. And so more swirling things around. All I could think of was, can I please just have David Ross back? Oh, I love David Ross. I want David Ross back, but I can't. Although he is in a Cubs uniform, he works for the front office as a special advisor. And this um, spring training, they're letting him on the field to kind of work with the players because he was a real clubhouse leader and they don't have one right now. Um, You know, Anthony Rizzo is kind of coming up to that role and the boyfriend I'm going to tell you about in a minute is kind of coming up to that role but they're not there yet so so grandpa's out there trying to like you know create that environment for the guys I just can't get the image out of my mind of him dancing to that Go Cubs Go theme song on Dancing with the Stars it's just seared into my brain Mm -hmm. and my eyeballs so I went with Jason Hayward Jay Hay right fielder 29 years old 
You talked about one of your boyfriends being seen being seen at five and saying, oh, you should you, sh- you got to work with this kid because he can go places. A brave scout saw Jay Hay at 10. He out a scout. Up he wasn't being scouted, but yeah. he grew up in Atlanta. So the brave scouts were around. They saw him play at 10 and told his dad, this kid's going to have a career in Major League Baseball. Well, he was right. I love when that happens. He is currently three years into an eight-year, $184 million free agency deal with the Cubs. When he signed that in the 2015-2016 free agency season, it was the biggest one that year, right? And look, eight years, right? Real That's money. A stretch. Okay, this, yeah. this doesn't happen. This hasn't been happening. So- as I said, he you know he went to high school. He went to school in Georgia near Atlanta, and he was drafted in the first round out of high school in 2007 by the Atlanta team. His debut in the majors was opening day 2010, where, get this, the first thing he did in that game was he caught the ceremonial first pitch from Hank Aaron, right? Wow. And then at his first at-bat, the first swing of his first at bat as a major league ball player, he had a three run home run. Sadly, he peaked kind of early. <laughs> so he burned brightly and quickly and is now sort of at a moderate level. But that year, he was an all star, his rookie year. He was Baseball America's rookie of the year. He has won the Heart and Hustle Award, the Boyfriend Award, twice while he was with the Braves. He is a five time Gold Glove Award winner. Defense is sexy. He won it twice with the Braves, once with the Cards, twice with the Cubs, right? So his offensive numbers are fine. They're not great. And the real problem for him is nagging injuries. He never had a big thing happen, like two, the two shoulder surgeries and all of that. Little things keep going wrong, and he keeps playing through him, through them, right? He's not. He's back and forth to the injured list a bit, but he'll also just sort of try to ignore it but that inhibits how he's playing. But he is that guy who has the experience and the drive and he can motivate the guys around him. And you've got, and those things are really important to me, right? Um, he's best friends with Freddie Freeman, my former boyfriend from Atlanta. They were drafted together. They were both drafted out of high school in that, in that draft year of 2007. And they spent the first eight years of their careers together. Uh, the last four of those were playing for the Braves, the first four they in various minor league teams. They still hang out. They talk at least once a week when they're playing each other or they can be near each other. They go hang out. Um, they spend time together. They will text each other after a particularly good game that the other one had. Like not saying, hey, did you see what I did? It was like, oh, my God, I saw what you did. That's adorable. And they both said when they're together, they, oh, cheers, by the way. Yeah, that's adorable. Remember the drinking game. Adorable is not a, a sports word. So when you hear it on the podcast, you need to have a drink. Um, so they don't talk about baseball first. They talk about everything else first. Then they get around to baseball. All right, the, the two most compelling things about Jay Hay, Jason Hayward, that made me pick him as a boyfriend, one of them made my heart swell and one of them made my heart break, but in a boyfriend kind of way. The first one was back to David Ross. Jay Hay's first year with the Cubs was David Ross's last year with the Cubs. They played together on the Braves from 2010 to 2012, and David Ross mentored him. So they have they had a very close relationship. So as soon as Jay Hay signed this giant $184 million deal, he gave a retirement gift to David Ross where he arranged for a hotel suite big enough for David Ross's family, including three kids, and one of them was an infant at the time, in every city 
for every away game they had. So his family could be with him that whole final tour around his, his last season that he played. Made David Ross cry makes me kind of want to cry, kind of want to cry too. That's a pretty cool boyfriend thing. The other good boyfriend thing he did breaks my heart only because I am a Cleveland girl. The urban legend, which I believe in my heart to be true, is is Jay Hay was the guy who made the rain delay speech, the most important speech ever to be given in a weight room during a 17-minute rain delay. After the ninth inning of the World Series, Game 7 in 2016, before they came out to the 10th inning and motivated the hell out of the Cubs to beat my Cleveland team in Game 7, which is one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. So any guy who can do that is total boyfriend material. Oh, and it pains me to say it, but I'm all in for Jay Hay. So new rules, new rules. We mentioned new rules last time. Um, Major League Baseball is trying the pitch clock rule for spring training. Here's how that is supposed to work. We, I agree. If you may have heard a cat chime in that it doesn't really work. It was that, agreement. The that, cat was agreeing. The cat's saying right on. They don't know what they're doing. They, those people in baseball don't know what they're doing. The idea of the pitch clock is it'll be a 20 second pitch clock right now. It's a trial basis and it's going to be staged in slowly. The first week of spring training, which is what we're in right now, They'll see, yes, I know, it's, it's really complicated, Kitty. The first week, they'll implement the clock so the pitchers and the batters can see the clock and kind of get used to what they're supposed to be doing by what time, but there are no consequences. Well, especially because they don't seem to know when to press the button to go. When I was watching the games yesterday, I was like, is there a clock? Isn't there a clock? Sometimes it was resetting. Sometimes it wasn't. Well, it was I'm very g- random. Yeah, well, I'm going to explain why that's so nutty in just a minute, too. Um, so next week, the umpires are supposed to switch to letting the teams know if someone theoretically violated the, the, the pitch clock rules. And then by the end of spring training, they can actually implement penalties, which would be balls or strikes, depending on was it the batter, was it the pitcher who who created the infraction, right? But here's why it's so complicated. This is what you noticed, right? The, the clock is supposed to start after the first pitch of the at-bat, or if there's a foul ball, not that pitch, but the next pitch. Or if there's a dead ball or a mound visit, not that next pitch, but the one after that. Somebody has to be paying really close attention. And then it's also, oh, and it gets it gets reset if there's a pickoff attempt. Oh, wow. Right? So okay. you're starting again. And then it's supposed to start when the pitcher is in the dirt circle and the catcher is in the catcher's box. But they have to, the pitcher's got to start his windup before the time is out. But what consider, what constitutes that? Is that coming to set? Is that starting to move? I don't know. And the other part is the batter has responsibility. The batter is supposed to be in the batter's box and alert you know, some of to these, the ball. Some of these batters seconds never left. look alert. They never look alert. And so what does any of that mean? So it's kind of it's kind of a shit show right now. Um, so it's fun to watch. So if you're watching any spring training games, you'll see a clock behind the batter. You'll see a clock in the outfield. See what you th- What's what's really happening? And if it makes any sense to you whatsoever, the scary thing is, as confusing as it is right now, this could be implemented in the actual season when spring training is over, depending on how negotiations work. So yikes. I'm just saying yikes. And the season starts at opening day. Opening day countdown. The season is starting in 31 days, 20 hours, 25 minutes, and a matter of seconds from the time of this recording, so less by the time you listen to us. 
Next week, we're going to do our final position player boyfriends. We've reached the top of the heap. We are going to pick boyfriends on the runner-up Brewers and who won the World Series? Hey, I get to talk Red Sox. You t- like you don't do it every week, <laughs> yeah, but this time, but this time, boyfriends, boyfriends, yeah. and that actually reminds us we're going to open up our fantasy boyfriend baseball league. So if you want to play fantasy baseball with us and use the boyfriend rules, please let us know. You can email us at hosts at nocryinginbball.com or contact us through any of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let us know you want to play too. And we will include you in our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. And just to note, last year, the league was won by, not not by us, not by somebody else. To our our despair. Yep. So you too can beat the hosts of No Crying in Baseball in their own game. God darn it. So... (laughs) Until then, please make sure you rate and review and you subscribe and tell your friends about us and watch some baseball and say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs>